Today, we're going through a laundry list of rental items that you need to include in your wedding inventory. I assure you that some of these items are not on your radar, so make sure you tune in so you don't forget something really crucial for your wedding. Listening to Ask the Planner. I'm your host, Desiree Adams, owner of Verb Event Co., a company whose mission is to help couples enjoy planning the contemporary, sophisticated wedding they've always imagined. Together with other wedding industry experts, we reveal the crucial details and industry secrets that will help you plan and enjoy your flawless heirloom occasion. So pop your favorite champagne because we have a wedding to plan. Hey guys, it's Desiree. Before we get to today's episode, I wanted to first give a shout out to our sponsors. The first is our own wedding planning template shop. Regardless of where you are in your wedding planning journey, this shop has tons of resources I created specifically for you based on a lot of the tools I use with my own clients. My most popular items these days is the ultimate wedding planning checklist for couples, no surprise there, and the wedding mood board template. The checklist is a game changer when it comes to knowing what to do and when in your wedding planning journey. And for all my decor obsessed couples and fellow wedding pros, the wedding mood board template turns that messy Pinterest board into a cohesive and organized decor roadmap for your day. You can pick up these products and more in the wedding planning template shop at shop.verveventco.com. Again, that's shop.verveventco.com. And don't forget to use my special podcast discount code, which is podcast10 during checkout. Again, use the code podcast10 at checkout for 10% off your entire purchase. The second sponsor of our podcast is The Planner's Playbook. I have been in the wedding industry for almost five years and have been planning and executing events for over 15 years, and I am constantly learning and still trying to level up my game. Candice Coppola, who is the master behind The Planner's Playbook, is also my business mentor, and she has put together an incredible coaching program called The Planner's Playbook. Now, if you want to fast track your wedding planning career, this is your secret weapon to planning, designing, and coordinating magazine-worthy weddings. Seriously. It's designed for wedding planners who are five years or fewer into their business, and it will give you all the training and support you need for a multitude of things, including simplifying your planning process so you have a clear picture of how to work with your clients on any occasion or budget. It will also help boost your productivity with solid systems and processes that make wedding planning easy. I am a spreadsheet queen and Candace's spreadsheets are the bomb.com. So amazing. Every month you will receive a new playbook straight to your inbox and it will be filled with tangible and tactile advice on everything from how to plan a tented wedding to preparing client budgets, mapping out your client journey, all of the things. And the last playbook was over 70 pages of amazing information and I'm still going through it. How can you say no to this? Also, The doors to the Planner's Playbook open only four times a year, but you can ditch the wait list and join anytime by visiting my unique sponsor link. Imagine all of the things you could accomplish if you had the right resources and support to guide you. So if you want to learn more about the Planner's Playbook, head to verveventco.com forward slash Planner's Playbook. Again, you can skip the wait list and get instant access with my unique link by visiting verveventco.com forward slash Planner's Playbook. 
Now, the last sponsor of our podcast is Lovestream. I have used Lovestream with my weddings and my couples are so happy with it. Not to mention they have excellent customer service, which is huge for me. Now, even though we all thought we would be getting back to a quote unquote normal wedding, Luckily, Lovestream is a one-way, high-definition, high-quality way to stream your wedding and help your guests feel like they're still a part of the audience at your wedding, even though they're sitting on their own couch at home. Your guests click on your personal URL, and they're able to watch without logging in, downloading an app, or messing with their microphone settings. Seriously, how many times have you been in a Zoom meeting and someone forgot to mute themselves? Imagine if that happened at your wedding. True story. Now, if you are planning a destination wedding, they also offer all-inclusive live streaming destination wedding packages. I really like Lovestream because the platform is so easy to use for any size wedding. But what I love best about the company is their excellent customer service, which starts right when you visit their site and their live chat feature lets you ask questions before and after you book with them. Seriously, it's so amazing. Now, to get 10% off any Lovestream package, visit verveventco.com forward slash love stream and enter the code ask 10 for 10% off. Again, that's verveventco.com forward slash love stream and use our code ask 10 for 10% off any love stream virtual wedding package. Thank you again to all of our sponsors and to you, our listeners. Without you, we wouldn't be able to have this show. I couldn't make all this free content without your support. So thank you so much for listening, subscribing, supporting our sponsors, and supporting the show. And now, on to today's episode. Today, we're going through a laundry list of rental items that you need to include in your wedding inventory. I assure you that some of these items are not on your radar, so make sure you tune in so you don't forget something really crucial for your wedding. Hello and welcome to all of you to this week's episode of Ask the Planner. I'm your host, Desiree Adams, and today we're checking off your wedding rentals list. There is more to your wedding than just tables and chairs. So today I'm going to give you a thorough list of the things you've probably thought of, but also several other things that may not even be on your radar. If you're new to the show, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad to have you here. Are you newly engaged? Is your wedding this summer? Or are you a wedding vendor? I would just love to know. Leave me a message when you drop your review in Apple Podcasts just so I can find out where you all are from. I'm always so curious to learn more about all of you that tune in as I sit here in my closet or in my office not knowing who any of you all are. Leaving a review also helps our up and coming show get found by other people and I want to be able to serve as many people as I can with all of our free content. So I hope you find today's episode helpful. Before we dive into today's topic, a quick update from me. If you've been listening for the past several weeks, my voice is seemingly back to normal. Yay! Also, if you listened to last week's episode, you heard me say that we were supposed to go to Kalahari, which is an indoor water park, but our trip was in jeopardy because our friends that were supposed to go with us got sick. Luckily, my friend was a trooper and recovered, and they made the trip down on Friday, just as we had planned. Everyone stayed healthy, and none of us got sick the week after, which I was definitely worried about. So if any of you guys were wondering, we made it. It was an awesome time, and nobody got sick. 
Now, this past week was a busy one with a design meeting and a cake tasting in the middle of the week. We're doing stationary design meetings, and I'm already designing for next year's weddings, which is so crazy that 2023 is already quickly approaching. It seems so far away, but when you're in my world, you can start planning definitely over a year out. And then when I was in the meetings and conventions industry a long time ago, we knew what cities we were going to be in, sometimes seven years or even 13 years out from the date, which is just nuts, I think. We don't do that with weddings, obviously, but um, the weddings and conventions world was a completely different thing, obviously. Also, we celebrated Easter with our family on Sunday. So if you all celebrate Easter, happy Easter. We went to brunch with my sister-in-law's family and her kids and then my in-laws. And then our family hosted Easter dinner at my house. And when I asked the kids what they wanted for the Easter dinner menu, it was super easy. They said ham. I love a honey ham because I grew up in Southern Virginia and my mom always got this delicious honey baked ham that was amazing. Then they also wanted my husband's golden potatoes. He starts them off in the oven, I think. And then he finishes them in a little butter in the skillet. He pushes them down a little bit to crisp them up. And oh my gosh, they are so good. And my kids just house them. They just love them so much, which is great because we always are like, please eat your food. Finally, we had a kind of non-traditional Easter dessert. I don't actually know what dessert is normal for Easter. I guess maybe carrot cake. I don't know. Um, But some of you all might know that I'm a little bit obsessed with macarons. And there's a lady here, um, So Belly Happy, that's the name of the company. And she makes Filipino flavored macarons like Ube. And I'm Filipino, obviously. And I'm obsessed with the Ube macarons. So we got some Ube, which is like, it's weird to describe. I think on her website, she describes it as it's a a purple yam, but it's sweet. But because it's purple, you can't think that it's great because it's definitely not. It's like a semi-sweet taste. Anyways, um, I love them. And then so we got some ube macarons, some lychee macarons, and then some Easter bunny macarons, as well as some Rice Krispies treats. And I love a real authentic Rice Krispies treat. They just bring me back to my childhood because my aunt used to make them and they were so buttery and amazing. I love them because they're not super sweet and sugary, which is probably why I really like them. I also love ice cream, um, also not super sweet and sugary. And my daughter was like, no, we have to have ice cream too, which also not like an Easter thing. But she said, moose tracks, panda paws. And then are there any other animal ones? And I honestly didn't know, but moose tracks and panda paws were my favorite. I also said like, oh, I think turtle tracks is one, but I don't know what the difference is between turtle tracks and moose tracks. Maybe that there's caramel in the turtle tracks. Anyways, enough about me. Um, If you're listening to this during the month of April, as you know, I'm giving away gift cards to my favorite stores, to our listeners that leave the podcast a review. So please don't forget to leave the podcast a five-star review in Apple Podcasts and include your Instagram handle so I can get in touch with you and send you your gift card. Finally, for today's episode show notes, visit verveventco.com forward slash 63. Again, that's verveventco.com forward slash 63. And now on to today's episode on wedding rentals. I'm excited to share this episode with you all because I love an organized checklist and they make me so happy. So today we're going to talk about six main categories of rentals, ceremony, tables and chairs, tabletop, lounge furniture and soft seating, 
accessories and equipment. Okay, so for category one, your ceremony rentals. When you think about what you need for the ceremony, I want you to picture the event as it flows, kind of like how guests are walking in and then what they're seeing, because that will help you think about what you're going to need to be renting. So for the ceremony rentals, you're going to need a wedding welcome table or signage, maybe a drink station, ceremony seating, obviously, something for your arbor or altar area and the aisle, and then easels or tables for signage. So going back to the welcome table, um, are you going to need some kind of welcome table for your guest book or your ceremony programs? Make sure you think about something for that. Sometimes the church will have something, but if you are outdoors, you will need something like that for this. Um, Next, a drink station. A lot of my couples now are having a drink station when guests arrive to the ceremony if it's outdoors. It can be a nice punch, maybe a champagne cocktail, or even some just simple fruit-flavored waters. But think through what you will need for this if that's something that you would like to do. Next, for ceremony seating, does the venue come with pews or chairs? Like, is it in a church? Or do you like what they include? Or will you need to rent upgraded chairs? That's something to think about always. Um, next, we have our arbor and aisle area. So what are you going to need for your ceremony altar area? You will probably discuss this with your florist, but you may need to help source or rent the arbor from the venue or somewhere else if it's not something that they have. Typically, the florist will help you with this, but it's also just good to have on your checklist. And then for our tables or easels, um, In addition to a welcome sign, some couples are still doing signs to designate who sits on what side or that they don't care. So think about that and then how you're going to display that sign. Those have been going on for a while that, you know, pick a seat, not a side, whatever. But I think they've been going on for a while. So if you don't want to do one of those, I think it's perfectly fine. Also, a lot of couples are showing signs of no cell phones and no media. So think about that as well, too. You know, you can just put it on a um, in a picture frame, make sure everyone sees it. But that is something good because I always am sad when I see a bunch of cell phones in the photographer's photos because it just is distracting. Okay, so to recap the list for your ceremony, we have the welcome table or signage, a drink station, ceremony seating, stuff for your arbor or aisle, and then easels or tables for your signage. Okay, now we're going to move on to the cocktail hour and your reception. The tables and chairs are obvious, Um, but make sure you clarify with the venue who is providing the tables and chairs. Also, do you like what they offer and do they have enough of what you need? Or are you going to need to supplement or augment their offerings? So in terms of tables and chairs, make sure you are accounting for cocktail hour tables and chairs, the dinner tables and chairs, your dinner chairs, of course, and then any ancillary tables. So going back, for your cocktail hour tables and chairs, these are the high tops and low tables at cocktail hour that people typically stand around. I recommend having some with chairs for older folks, but that's up to you. Next, we have your dinner tables. Usually rectangles or rounds come in a variety of sizes, so make sure you know how many the venue has 
and if you need to get more based on your guest count. Of course, if you are in a tent, you're going to have to rent all of these. So just make sure you are talking through this with your vendor or your venue, um, how many they have, and then if they're going to need more based on how many people are going to come to your wedding. Next, we have your dinner chairs. Of course, you know, don't forget the chairs. The venue likely comes with a standard version, either a banquet chair or a folding chair, sometimes a shivari chair. If you like them, great. If not, you're going to need to rent them. And then finally, we have your ancillary tables that go around the room. These are for displaying things like your guest book, your gifts, your uh, escort cards, your dessert display or cake table and any buffets. Speaking of these items, make sure you think about what you want to rent if you're not going to buy any of these items like your card box, trays for displaying your dessert, etc. Some people choose to purchase these, but as I've already said, Anything I can rent, I would much rather do because I feel like couples just end up with like a card box that has their wedding date on it, but you're never going to need a card box ever again. So if you can rent that, I think it's better. Um, You could try obviously reselling it on something like Facebook, but that's just something to think about, especially how much time do you want to spend um, on that is up to you. Now that we have your tables and chairs figured out, let's talk about what's going on your tables. Again, this will depend on what the venue provides and if you like what comes standard with your venue or if you want to rent anything in place of their offerings. Typically, my couples will will rent all of these items from someone else instead of using the in-house items, but who knows, maybe your venue has really nice stuff or it's not a priority for you and that's totally fine too. So, On the table, we have your linens, flatware, glassware, china, table numbers, candlestick holders and votives, and then serving items. So for your linens, double check what color the venue has. And if they go all the way down to the floor, which is a must for me, or if they only go halfway down, I hate the look of halfway down and I think it should be outlawed. Whenever we have events at our house, like the kids' birthdays or Easter or Christmas, I always have to have linens down to the floor. Yes, even for my kids' birthday parties, I can't stand seeing the legs of the tables, but that's just me. I'll move on from now. It's like my soapbox, but I feel like it just doesn't look complete. But anyways, that's up to you. So for our flatware, this is your dinner fork, knife, spoon, etc. Make sure you check with your caterer what utensils you will actually need based on the menu that you guys have selected. Next, we have your glassware. A wine and water glass are usually standard, possibly a champagne flute if you're doing a champagne toast. Fourth, we have your china or plates. Make sure you know how many courses you need plates for. Typically, it's the salad and the entree. Um, My couples also typically rent a charger that remains underneath all of the courses, but sometimes couples just start with a napkin and then at the place setting, and then the first course is placed in the hole that's left by the napkin when the guests sit. Also, you will need a dessert plate as well for your cake, etc. Next, we have your table numbers. Yes, you can rent these. I think it's a waste to purchase them because what are you going to do with them after? But that's me. Also, the the little holders for your table numbers. Make sure you test out the numbers that you have with the actual stand that you're going to use. Sometimes the stands are kind of flimsy or they're not heavy enough. So when you put like cardstock in the stand, it just falls over, which is really annoying. Or the wind will blow it over. Again, annoying. Or they'll like fall into your candlesticks, which is also a fire hazard. So stuff to think about. 
Okay. The sixth item or category on your table is your candlestick holders and votives. And if they are going to need hurricanes to go around the flame, sometimes the florist will provide these. Sometimes the rental company will, and sometimes the venue will do the votives. Just make sure you know where they're coming from. And when I say votives, those are the little, the little, little short, um, votive candles that are just like provide lighting on the table too. And then finally, we have the serving items. And this is if you are doing a family style meal or a buffet, sometimes a bread basket will need to be rented. So make sure you talk with your caterer about placing the rental order for these serving items so that nothing is forgotten. Typically, your caterer will do this for you. But just to make sure that we're all on the same page, it's just good to ask. Next, we have your um, lounge and furniture, the soft seating, because now that we have your kind of main items taken care of, let's move on to the more decorative pieces. So for this category, you're probably going to need something like chairs, ottomans, couches, a coffee table, rugs to go underneath it, accent pillows, and then maybe a backdrop for your your lounge or maybe behind some photo ops. Now, I think most of this is pretty self-explanatory, so I'm not going to go too in-depth into lounge seating, but just keep in mind that it's usually a good idea to have a rug underneath the whole setup to bring it all together. It's also important to think if you're going to have any decorative pieces in this area to spruce it up, like flower arrangements, maybe your guest book, some votives, some candles, etc. So make sure you think through that as well. Our last and final category is your equipment. And these are the not so fun items that most couples forget to think about or build into their budget, but are absolutely crucial in having a successful event. So these items include a catering kitchen, the kitchen tent, a dinner tent, power, lighting, bars, and restrooms. Okay, so... For the catering kitchen, they will. your caterer is going to need a tent to work out of and other items to prep the food, depending on your menu. So this kitchen can include a stove, grills, tables for prep, serving dishes and utensils, and trays for passing. You might even want to make sure you know who's providing the charcoal for the grills if anything is being grilled. I had one caterer show up to the event. This is one that I did not hire, um, but they didn't have any charcoal for the grills. Luckily, I was able to stop on the way to get some, but I also had no idea how much charcoal to buy because I didn't rent the grills. I didn't know how big they all, they were. Um, they were fine. I got two huge bags at BJ's or Costco, but something to think about. Um, okay, and then the kitchen tent. This is if the venue doesn't have its own kitchen space. Typically, if you have a venue, um, not like a tent, but a venue, they're going to have a catering kitchen. But sometimes even if they do have a catering kitchen, you're still going to need to bring in things like hot boxes or a grill or etc. So, Or they might just only let their in-house chef use their kitchen and will still require outside caterers to prep in an outdoor kitchen in a tent. So make sure you ask about those things as well. The dinner tent is probably obvious, but if the venue is outdoors and you're planning to be outside, make sure you have an inclement weather backup option. If you're really hoping to do outside, um, just make sure you have a plan for if it rains, pours, snows, whatever. Okay, and then power. 
So for power, make sure you talk with your venue, caterer, DJ, and tent and lighting company if you're going to need to provide power. This is more like if you're having the event at your home. I do not recommend plugging everything into your house. That will blow a fuse and then you won't have any power. And trust me, those industrial coffee pots use a lot of power. So do your bands and so do all the lights in your tent. So don't just try to run it off your house. Um, also have an electrician come out and look at your power just, just to be on the safe side. So then our next category, a fifth category is lighting. What kind of lighting are you going to need? Bistro lights, chandeliers, perimeter lights. Also, if you're having something at your home or outdoors or in a field, make sure you think of any lighting that's going to be needed to illuminate darker areas that guests will need to walk through to get to your dinner area or your restrooms, like the parking lot or any walkways or what have you. Um, A lot of people just focus on where dinner is, but then everything else is really dark, which is not safe. So make sure you think about that as well. Next, you're going to need to think about your bars. I typically recommend at least two bartenders per 100 guests. So make sure you have either a bar and the bar back rented for this, or you can just use um, two tables that are uh, usually eight foot tables that have the front of the bar and then a back table for um, all of the alcohol and stuff. But definitely talk to your caterer or your bar provider regarding what they're going to need for the bar area. And then finally, last but definitely not least, are your restrooms. Most people won't have to get a restroom trailer, but for those of you that are hosting at your property or building a venue from scratch, make sure you think about your restroom situation. I do not recommend relying on just the toilets in your house. If they get clawed, you're screwed. You'll also have all these people traipsing through your house, and I would just rather avoid that as much as possible. Plus, bathroom cleanup is the worst. Like, people get drunk, and it's just a mess, and you don't want to deal with that. Nope. Um, Obviously, it is an expense, but the bathroom restroom trailers are really nice these days, and also, if you're in the summer, they're air-conditioned, which is super nice because guests are like, oh, this is great. This is air-conditioned. This is awesome. I'm going to hang out here a little bit longer while I wash my hands. Okay, so now we're going to talk about tips for organization of all of your items. Um, Now that we have a list of everything that we need, I'm going to quickly share with you some tips to make sure that you're organized for your wedding day. So make sure you take an inventory of everything that's coming in. I recommend keeping it all in one list or spreadsheet so you don't have to keep switching back and forth between different files and contracts because you will definitely forget something or rent too many things of one item because you lost track. So make sure you have like a whole catalog of everything that's coming in. Next, make sure you have a way to designate where everything is going. Whether you use a map or a list or a combination of both, it's up to you. I use a spreadsheet that lists everything that's coming in from each company. Then I have a second spreadsheet that goes by area, like this is the ceremony, this is the cocktail hour, and this is everything that's gonna be in the cocktail hour space. And that lists everything, quantities, et cetera, so we can just check it all off. And that wraps up today's episode on your wedding rentals checklist. I covered a lot. It was short and sweet, but I hope it was helpful and impactful for you and made you feel more prepared to keep track of all of your wedding rentals. I also hope that it helped you think of some things that you're probably forgetting. Um, Now for the whole list, again, the episode show notes and links can be found at verveventco.com forward slash 63. Again, that's verveventco.com forward slash 63. 
If you have follow-up questions or want me to talk more in depth about something that you heard today, please leave the podcast a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, leave your Instagram handle and what your question is, and I will definitely address it in a future episode. And of course, I will follow you back. Also, while you're there, please let me know what you think of the format. We are almost done with season two of the podcast, and we will definitely be taking your feedback into consideration when we come back for season three in the fall of 2022. So let me know what you think. Do you like the solo episodes? Do you like the interviews? Do you like both? What was your favorite episode? What about the length? Is there a sweet spot for you as far as how long the episode is? This one's going to be on the shorter side, probably closer to like 30 minutes. Um, Also, what topics do you want me to address in future episodes? and what kind of guests do you guys want me to bring on the show? I have some ideas for future guests, but I really want to know what is going to be helpful for you. So just let me know in your Apple podcast review. I read every single one and they just make me happy. So thank you so much to all of you that are leaving those reviews. Speaking of reviews, let's get to today's review of the day. This review is by Emmy Sir. Um, who writes, wonderful, exclamation point, five stars. Desiree has such a fun, organized, and beautiful eye when it comes to weddings. I know she would never steer me wrong. From wedding etiquette, vendor relationships, to table decor and personal touches, she makes wedding planning seem manageable and fun. Yay! These podcasts break down so many of her ideas in digestible snippets. Oh, thank you so much, Emmy, for writing that review. I do hope that I ease your anxiety about the many aspects of planning the wedding. Planning a wedding is definitely a big undertaking. So anything I can do to ease you through the process makes me super, super happy. So if you found this episode helpful, please don't forget to leave the show a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. Reviews are so helpful to us podcasters because it helps other listeners find the show. It helps us get ranked higher on Apple Podcasts with that whole algorithm stuff. And if you don't know what to say, just drop me some emojis, an engagement ring, maybe a wedding couple, your favorite cocktails, some champagne glasses, maybe something that represents where you live, whatever. And you can even leave multiple reviews if you'd like. The algorithm will take it all. You don't even have to write any words if you don't have time. Just tap the five stars, maybe drop an emoji or just the five stars and say yay. Anything you do helps so much for our little show like mine reach and help more people. That's it for today's episode on wedding rentals. Again, for the show notes, head to verveventco.com forward slash 63. Now in next week's episode... I will be reviewing Jason Tardick on all things wedding and finances. Most of you probably know him. He's from The Bachelor. If you don't know him, he um, was on The Bachelorette. He's from Buffalo, which is kind of like our connection. Um, but I might even see if he can give us a sneak peek behind what his wedding planning process has been like because he is engaged to Caitlin Bristow. Um, Jason's a big advocate for consumer financial literacy. And other than buying a house, most people aren't going to be spending their money on anything as expensive as a wedding. So I think this is going to be a really insightful and helpful episode for all of you. And then I will be back with the season finale for season two. I'm still toying with what to discuss in the season finale. So if you have any suggestions or requests, just let me know in your review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you all so much for joining me today. I loved being here with you. I will see you all in the meantime on Instagram at Ask the Planner Podcast and on TikTok at Verve Event Co. I hope the sun is shining where you are. Have a wonderful week and I will talk to you soon.
Thank you so much for listening to Ask the Planner. To make sure you enjoy planning your heirloom occasion, visit asktheplannerpodcast.com where you'll find show notes and ways to connect with me. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit subscribe and please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so other couples can find the show and plan their flawless wedding just like you. 